Anchor Church, it's so awesome to have you here. I really believe the best part of the week is the weekend, and I'm so glad you're choosing to take a moment out of your weekend to be here with us today. We hope you're blessed and encouraged by your time here. If you're new, welcome. My name is Anuhea. I've grown up in the church and now have the privilege to serve here. And I can tell you that the hope of Pastor Rob and everyone on staff is that you would really get to know God powerfully and personally. That you would know that you've been created on purpose and for purpose, and that you would be empowered to discover and live out the life God intended for you to live. If you're joining us online, thank you for being a part of our community. Don't be shy, jump into the chat and say hi. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel and turn on the notification bell so you know every time we go live. And if you need prayer or want to be connected, text this number right here. To everyone joining us in person, you can find our welcome card and our prayer card in the seat back in front of you. Please fill those out so we can get to know you or pray with you. If you're here for the first time, bring your welcome card out to the Connect Center after service and we will give you a Starbucks gift card. Okay, so I've got two announcements for you folks. First, if you find yourself struggling to pray or you wanna know more about it, we have prayer class during the last two Sundays of every month during our 915 service. Prayer is so powerful, so if you wanna up your prayer game, please consider joining us. My second announcement is that next week we have baptisms after every service. Now, I wanna make something really clear. Signups are not required. However, if you already know that you wanna get baptized, let us know on our app, our website, or at the Connect Center. Baptisms are an important part of our spiritual journey. It's a deeply symbolic and meaningful act of remembrance and participation in how Jesus saved us, where we symbolically die to our old self and are raised to life again with Him. And it's an outward symbol of an inward commitment to following God. So again, signups aren't necessary, but if you feel that tugging on your heart saying it's time, then come let us know after service. If you missed anything we just said, please text the number on the screen or come out to the Connect Center. With that, get your hearts ready for the message and let's welcome Pastor Rob to the stage. How's it going, everybody? Everybody doing good? Everybody else doing good? How about having Trevor back, our worship pastor back? He was on sabbatical, so good to have him back. Welcome, everybody. Friday night, I just want to look in the camera and welcome our online community, the Anchor family. Welcome, everybody, online. A little quick shout-outs to a couple people, especially the Cunninghams who look, at, look in every week from Germany, and Jessica from Italy, and my dear friends from Colorado, Bruce and Pam, and amazing people on Lanai, Coop and Eunice, and of course, all our folks on the windward side of Oahu and throughout Oahu. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, come by and join us. There's nothing like worshiping in person. Do I get an amen on that? Yeah. So good, so good. Anyhow, welcome. Hope you, everyone has an incredible weekend. Before I get started in the message, I want to draw your attention to something you possibly sat on or that was close by you. You know, here's, here's my thinking, and, and a couple of people have called me and, and, and told me that there's a prophecy that this Easter is going to be an incredible time for the, for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of God, because of all the craziness that we've been through for so long and, the pan, and through the pandemic and all the restrictions that are lightening up here and all the craziness around us, God always at Easter time 
pulls on the heartstrings of their spiritual heartstrings for everyone. And I believe this year, I believe God's going to do something amazing. And not just Anchor Church, but all the churches. All are my dear friends, so the other pastors around the island, I believe God's going to do something and people are going to come to know the, the transforming power of God. Why live in a life of anxiety and fear when you can live in peace in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do I get an amen? amen. Here's what I'm asking you. I'm asking you to come and join our Easter dream team. There's going to be a lot of people coming. We have extra services, two on Saturday night and the three Sunday morning, and I would love your help. I would love you to attend one and then serve one. We're trying to open up. I've asked the, our amazing children's church department, uh, Jody and Christine, if they would consider opening the, now get back and open the, the children's church to its capacity, but they cannot do that unless we join forces and help them make that happen. You know what? It's so important for people, especially new people coming to the church. They want to, I want them to hear the word unobstructed and not worry about their ch child making noise. And by the way, they're gonna, that child's going to have so much more fun in children's church than in this room. Do I get an amen? Yeah. So I would love it if you would consider being a part of our Easter Dream Team. All you need to do is fill that out or go on our app, and right there, it says Dream Team, sign up, and one of us will call you and make sure you're invited in. We don't throw you in the deep end of the pool without training you. You'll feel comfortable. It's only one service. Service lasts about an hour on Easter. So everybody good about that? Yeah. Now, actually, we have to do something about that now. So please consider that and let us know on the way out. There's a basket there. Or come out, talk to the Connect Center. We'll tell you what's going on. Okay, enough of that. Are you ready to hear the word? I'm excited too. I'm excited to bring the word. It's kind of interesting to me how God works. This sermon series that we're doing now, the Lord planted in my heart months ago, months ago. And as we've come, you know, and, and, and we decided, you know, the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I thought came up kind of a rhythm for the service, how we would approach it, which subjects we would handle each week in this entrusted series. And now we land to today. Entrusted with God's stuff. That's what I've titled the message. And here we are in a time when inflation's going crazy, gas prices. I believe God knew that way back then. This, service, this sermon series was thought through way before this happened. And I believe that God has a word for this anchor family today, a word of encouragement and inspiration. That's for sure. And if you're new with us, we are in this Entrusted series. Really, we're talking about leveling up. That's our overarching theme for the year is level up. And what I mean by that is that we would take our walk with God, our trust in God, our love for God to a whole new level of confidence and trust in him. That's what we're talking about, level up. leveling up. Of course, if you're younger, you know that's a gaming term. Like get to the next level in the game. But I'm talking about taking your faith way beyond what you could ever imagine. That your trust would be so confident that God says, and you'd believe in his promises. And that's what this entrusted series is. And tonight's message, like I said, if you're taking notes, I'd love you to take notes. You can go to our app at My Anchor Fam. Get the app right now. Go down to where it says connect. It'll turn to that page push on our sermons or get the paper because you're going to write down the, script, the scriptures because I really want you to study the scripture, not my words. Are you hearing me? I want the spirit to talk to you individually and privately through the, through the word in the word tonight. Okay, so 
entrusted with God's stuff. In, in the Genesis, Abraham, Jesus goes to Abraham and says, hey, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you famous so that you'll be a blessing to others. And I want you to know that same phrase today follows all the way to his kids today because we are children of the king. Are you hearing me? We're in children of the king. And the Lord would say to us, I want you to be different than anyone else because you carry my name, Christian. That you would stand out. That you would make a difference in your world. The word says in Malachi 3, I want to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great you can't even contain it. And then it says, trust me on that. And if you don't believe that, put me to the test. How many want the windows of heaven to pour out in their life right now? We all do. And how many would say right now we need that to happen in your individual life? 100% we would all absolutely say that. For that promise to happen though, anybody, any parents in the house? Anybody ever say this? If you clean your, wor- clean your room, I'll get you ice cream. If you do your homework, then we're going to up the ante. I'll get you two scoops. Anybody like that? See, if you do this, I'll do that. And in the word of God, all the 7,000 promises, there's none greater than this one. This is like top shelf. If you do this, I'll open the windows of heaven. What would he ask us to do? That, of course, that we be generous, and we're going to talk about being trusted with generosity next week, but also that we would be good stewards of what he's entrusted us with. And in the word, I want to show you exactly that today. And yes, he's entrusted us with money. And now, some of you have just checked out. Okay, was there a prime rib out there? I'm sure there was. Dude, hurry up, I'm hungry. Because in, the, in church, when you talk about money, they, everybody goes, whoop, uh, so like, in fact, if you're new today and you think that's all they talk about in church, well, the rest of you know that's not what we talk about in church around here. I want you to know that. But I want you to experience the windows of heaven falling down upon you. As your pastor, I want nothing, nothing more. And that's what promises in this Bible Now, here's the deal. The truth is, not many, some of us have never been taught this. We were taught how to drive. We were taught how to play sports, how to play an instrument, learn the basics, but we are never taught how to manage money. It's not our strong suit. How many, let me say it this way, how many savers in the room that come naturally, they're savers? Raise your hand, I want to know. Okay, that would be my wife. Raise your hand, dear. Okay. How many in here are spenders? That is me. See, God's have a, God has a sense of humor. See, if us spenders weren't married to people who learned to save, well, you know what happens. That's for sure. But God says, I want you to learn how to manage that. I want you to to be able to handle your finances. Are you hearing me? But here's what the devil does. We get saved, 
God downloads his DNA in us through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, and something changes and transforms us into a new person. We now have a desire to be givers. We have a desire to touch other people's lives. We're more compassionate. We have more mercy. We want to express love. By the way, we're never more Christian than we are if we're a giver. We're never more like God than when we give. God so loved the world that he gave. Here's the problem, though. The enemy knows that. The enemy knows what happens when you ignite this promise. What does he try to do? Buy things that you can't afford or run up your credit card to where you're now in bondage to your bills. I know I'm not the only one in the room that's been there. You know, every once in a while, my wife says, we are in a a spending freeze. How many people in this room, honestly, hate to hear the word no? Anybody hate the word here? No? Yes, he's raising his hand. And by the way, and by the way, I digress. By the way, awesome to see you hugging the whole way through worship. Touch me. Touch me deeply. God's going to do something in your lives amazing. I know that because of your love for God. But here's the deal. I hate hearing no. Like some, and by the way, only a few of us raise their hand. Everybody in here hates to hear no. Like, what do you mean no? What are you telling me? I can't buy that. And what do we do? We go right to Amazon Prime. I'll take one. Now, let's be honest. That is killer. That is killer. I'll have one of those. You push a button, and the next thing you know, two days later, it'll be there. I bought a book the other day online, and I swear the next day it was my house. How did that happen? I'll tell you about that book later, babe. I, I meant to talk to you about that. We're called to be stewards of God's resources. In the Bible, The word steward literally means to be a manager of another's property. In the original language in Greek, it literally means this. A steward is someone who manages or oversees an account of another. How many parents in the room? You are an overseer of your children. Just for the record, and we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about relationships in a few weeks. But you are an overseer of your children. Your children are not yours. They are God's. And he's felt in his heart that he could trust you with his most precious resource, your children. We're overseers of God's things. In the word, if you want to turn there, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 25. We're going to talk about this amazing parable in a minute. So you turn to Matthew 25, either your phone or your Bible. We're going to be in uh, Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. But I wrote a paragraph of us, as I've read every scripture in the Bible about stewardship, it kind of boils down to this sentence, this paragraph right here. Hear me. This is, this is, this is what God would say to us. It says this, a steward is a manager to be entrusted with God's resources, to grow and care for his family and the kingdom of God. Until he returns. A manager knows that someday he's going to be held accountable for his management skills. And he also knows that someday he'll be rewarded 
for taking care of God's stuff. So let's turn to Matthew 25. It's kind of a long a set of scriptures, about 15 verses, so bear with me, but it's a powerful set of scriptures. Now, most of your Bibles says that in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, is the parable of the talents. In the NLT, which we use here at Anchor, the New Living Translations, it says the parable of the three servants. And I bet if you've been a Christian long enough, You've read, somebody's preached your message that you are responsible for God's gifts, talents, abilities, and skills. That's wrapped up in the verses right here. It's not. Now, are we supposed to take care of our skills, our gifting, our giftings from God, our spiritual gifts, and our abilities and skills? Of course we are. Of course we are. But in these set of verses, it's really talking about being a steward of God's money. Because the word talents is not your talent. It's a measure of money. So what we're going to read here is directly talking about us, Christians, his kids, to be able to handle his money. And it says this in verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be ex ex uh, illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Anybody know who the man is? Jesus. And he called together his servants. Who are his servants? We are. We are his servants. And he entrusted them with his money. He gave it to them while he was gone. And he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to last, and dividing it in proportion to their ability. And he left on his trip. Let me speak to that right there. First of all, some of you go, one talent, what a loser. He only got one talent of money. And you're probably thinking he only got like, he wanted to get 20 bucks, what? Nope. Without going in, because I'll kill the clock if I go deep into what that means. But let me just tell you that a talent, one talent was a lifetime wage. He got paid, he had a lot of money in his hands. And the abilities we're talking about is his our ability and the ability in this parable to change the kingdom of God and our ability to handle the money God's entrusted us with. The better we are at responsibility of handling his money, the more money he can entrust us with. Are you hearing me? So he goes, the servant had received the five bags of silver, began to invest his money and earned five more. And the servant with the two bags of silver went out, worked and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. See, money. It's not talents or skills. It's his money. Goes on to say this in verse 19. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called together to give an account of how they used his money. And he goes on to say this. The servant who had... To, to, the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you have given me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. And it says this, and I bet some of you have heard this before. Master was so full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. How many have heard that says before? 
The only time in the Bible that phrase is used is right here in Matthew 25. Many people say, I can't wait to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We all do. Amen? But actually, if you understand the verse, it's talking about, well done, good and faithful servant when we get to heaven. And it's tied to how we handled the resources that God gave us. It's used one other time in Luke. It says, good, a good servant. And it was still there talking about how we handled and how we were a good steward. Everybody with me on that? Okay. It says, it says this. You have been faithful with handling a small amount. So now I'm going to give you even more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Isn't it interesting that Jesus just said a small amount of money, like five, 10 bags, was 10 lifetimes worth of money. Today, somebody that has that kind of money, you know what they call them? Athletes. But guess what? It said that was a small amount. And when, what he's saying is when you get to heaven, when I really reward you, I'm going to blow your mind. Many of us don't think about heaven. We're just racing through life. We can only see what happens tomorrow in our lives. And we don't realize this incredible, incredible eternity that awaits us. And if you want to know more about that, we did a, a talk on heaven a while back. It, heaven is a passion of mine because we don't think about it much. And God says, think about it and actually live your life looking forward to it. In heaven, he says, the little small that you took care of here, I'm going to blow your mind in heaven. Let me keep going. The servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount. Now I will give you more, you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And the servant with the one bag came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops that you didn't plant, gathering crops that you didn't cultivate, and I, am af I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Here's what he said. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew I, I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why, did you, why didn't you deposit my money in a bank? At least I would have given you, it would have given me some interest. He ordered, them, he, he ordered to take the money from this servant and give it to the one who had the 10 bags of silver. And those who used what they have been given well will even earn more. So what is the point here? That we are God's servant. Let me say it this way. If you really understand the principle, and many people don't, many people don't understand this. And, and listen, as your pastor, I, I just want to encourage you, inspire you to have the trust in these words. I wasn't speaking. Jesus was speaking. I'm just, repeat, I'm just reading this incredible verses of scripture. What God is saying is, if you trust me and I can trust you, I want you to be a conduit. And I want to flow money through you and to your family. He, how, many think, how many know that God wants you to live a blessed life? How many know he wants to open up the windows of heaven for your family? But he wants it not to stop there. Like the guy that buried the, the they talk about the guy that buried, he goes, ah, it's good, I'll use it for myself. You know, if you allow it to come through you, just, and he knows it's a reservoir, he knows there won't be a dam to stop it. It's going to flow through you. Guess what? 
He's going to bless your brain. He's going to bless you beyond your wildest imagination. Because he knows he has someone that he can be faithful with. So if you're taking notes with me, there's a couple principles you got to know to really understand where God's coming from. First is, God owns it all. God owns it all. You got to get through this through your mind. Many of us don't. This is my truck. Don't touch my truck. Oh, that's my surfboard. You better not touch it. Anybody with me on that? All of us. Let's get real here. But really, God says, it's all mine. In fact, in Psalm 50, verse 12, it says this. If you're hungry, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. You know what he's saying right there? I don't need to tell you. If I was hungry, I'd eat one of my own cows. It happens to be in your pasture. If I was hungry, I'd eat my own vegetables in your garden. If I was hungry, if I wanted a chicken sandwich, I'd go down to the pen and your pet, get your pen. It's all mine. That's what he says in the word. This is all mine. And our responsibility is to be servants and understand whose it is. Are you hearing me? This is so perfect. Like, like the car that you drove here. I bet you never thought about this. The car you drove here, all the steel and all that in that car, that was from God's resources, his natural resources. Are you hearing me? The house you live in was from his trees, his granite, his glass. If you have a diamond ring, it's from his coal. He owns it. And unless we get our minds through that. Now, I say this as humbly as I possibly can. But I'm going to use me as an example. Somewhere along the line, I, I understood this. And we, we, I, we were blessed beyond measure to be able to own the house we live in Kailua. Blessed beyond measure. I thank God for it every day. But I know that's not my house. And we allow people, like we just had somebody in the house for the last, what, almost three months. Many people have stayed at our house. Many. Come on in. Come on. I got a guest room. You, it's yours. And you know what's, what happened with that? Because we allowed people in our house, we have been blessed beyond measure. The amount of people that we got to know from Japan, other places in the world, around here, friends, a family, we have been blown away by the relationships we had just because we allowed them into our house. Your house is God's house. Your car is God's car. He owns it. We are called to manage it. And when we understand that, it has to be much easier to be able to give it away and allow other people to use our stuff. You hear me? It's God's. Here's the deal, though. Remember it said in that, that we're going to be accountable someday for it. And the word says that there's two times that we're going to stand before God. One is he's going to ask us. We're going to stand before God when we pass away. And he's going to ask us one question and one question only. Did you know my son? And of course, we're going to say, yes, I loved him. He goes, come on in. I have this amazing eternity waiting for you. But there's going to be another time that we're going to stand before God. And this isn't one about our sins. Our, our, again, it's not about our salvation. We're never going to have to stand before God. Some people, I've literally talked to people who think that we're, this accountability is we're going to, there's going to be a big screen like that one in this big room with a lot of people. And all of our sins will show up in video all across there. That we're going to be accountable to all of our sins. 
If you think that, I want to tell you that is not true. Because God went to the cross to die for you, and he did it to forgive your past, your present, and your future sins. You never have to think that. But we are going to be accountable for what we did with God's stuff. We are. And I want you to know that. There's a time where God's going to say, hey, what'd you do with, with the things I've given you? Here's a, the second point, the thing I want to talk to you about today. Oh, let me ask, say this. How many, how, many, how many have teenagers? Anybody teenagers? We were all teenagers. Your parents ever say this? This is my house and we're playing by my rules. Anybody, anybody like that besides me? I'm sure you never heard that, David. This is God's world, and God says, we're playing by my rules. That's what it says. We're not owners. We're stewards. The second point I want to talk to you about is that we are stewards. This is very important. Here's the thing. I, I bet you never saw it like this before, but stewardship was from the very beginning of time in life. I bet you never saw the story of Adam and Eve like this. But if you think back in the story of Adam and Eve, God says, come on in. I've made this amazing garden. And you can eat all the fruit in this garden you want. I need you to tend for it, care for it, but you don't touch that tree. That's mine. You know why that tree was there? So Adam and Eve would know who owned the garden. Because if you remember the story, the servant says, yeah, you, you know that tree thing? Yeah, don't listen to him. You, you know that, you know, if you're going to eat that tree, you're going to be just like God. You're going to think you're the owner. Are you hearing me? And God says, don't, no, no, don't think that. Because then it's going to change everything. And of course, it did. But that's in our lives. When you always think you're the owner, then you're, con- I, I know you would never do this. I, and I don't know anybody like that. But I have had to go to a couple people's houses who literally were hoarders. Like, I've never seen more. I, it literally, that one house I went to, we're going to clear it out, uh, try to get it fixed up. That person must have had the UPS driver drive to that house every single day. I opened bedrooms full of boxes that had never been opened, and they were piled to the ceiling. And the whole bedroom, a 12 by 12 bedroom, was full of boxes never opened. Huh, wrong answer. God says, you're a servant. What I give you, I want you to use for my glory. And I want you to use it for your family, the family I've entrusted you with. Are you hearing me? This is super important. We are literally his stewards. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy 8. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power, and this power is supernatural power. This is a connection between you and God to be successful. In the original language, to make wealth. And I've ordered, and in order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors by an oath. In other words, God's saying, I, want you, I gave you the wealth so that you could do something about my kingdom. That you would change the world. That you would do it. That you would do it for me. That's what God's saying here. To use it for good. 
This, and I want you also to know here, when it talks about this power, this is supernatural power. This is, this is a connection between you and God. Here's the problem. Many of us, when it comes to our finances, this is our thing. God, I love every bit about you. I trust you all the way over here, but not here. You know what we do when we do that? Here's the thing. God's going to turn the spigot on the garden hose, and he's going to turn it on a little bit. There's blessing coming your way. Even full blast water hose coming your way. But what God's saying, I'm going to turn, uh, I want to turn on the fire hydrant of blessing. I want to turn the fire hydrant on when you allow me that you tr- ser- you're a servant, you're a steward of my resources and you're willing to use it for my good. I'm going to turn this thing on like you can't believe. I'm reading the word of God here. Not Rob's word. When it says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a, 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 a so great that you can't contain it, a blessing so great you can't contain it, that's a fire hose. A fire hose. Now, okay, I've given you the theology about being a good steward. Now, let me give you some practical ways to put it in your life if you haven't been gifted in this way or taught in this way. Will you allow me to do that? In Luke 16, though, I'm going to read a scripture. In Luke 16, Jesus talking again. Then he told, us, told them a story. A rich man had a fertile for, farm that produced fine crops. And he said to him, uh, he, he said to himself, the farmer, the rich man, what should I do? I don't have enough room for all my crops. He said, I know. I'll tear down the barns and big builder, big, big build bigger ones. I'll hoard it. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and all my goods. And I sat back and said to myself, friend, (laughs) I'm so good. You have enough stored away for years to come. Now, let me take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. (laughs) Here's what God said. You fool, you'll die tonight. And who will get all the stuff you worked hard for? Yes, a person is a fool who stores up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. Ooh, that's so good. Luke 16, Luke 12, excuse me, Luke 12, verse 16. So let me give you some practical things that I've learned along the way. Let me share some things with you. First, if you're taking notes with me, I want you to understand the power of setting goals. This is being a good steward. K-N-O-W, no goals, K-N-O-W, you'll know direction. N-O goals, no direction. In other words, whatever happens, happens. But I would submit to you that God says in, in the word, in, in Psalm 139, I, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. God wrote your script. And God wants you to spend time with him and really seek him and ask him, Lord, what would you have for me? The word says in Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, my people perished. Especially these young guys, I would say, if you like, especially when you're young, get away with God by yourself, away, like no distractions, and get in the place where you say, Lord, Show me my future. How many, t- how many have a degree in a field that they are not working at today? Like they went through all the school, but did not 
fall into that field. Many people do. Many. I would submit, and there's nothing wrong with that. But here's what I would say. Ask God where you want me to be. The word says that I will give you the desires of your heart. When your spirit and God's spirit is aligned, God's going to give you the desires of your heart. Why not start there? Start there. Now, if you go on our app, go to our app, on there, right in the beginning of the app, when you start it up, right in the second, whoop, time out, right down here, it says, Compass Financial. Go down there. Right in there, I put a bunch of stuff to give you worksheets and things like that for that. But here's the most important thing. If you have a dream to go somewhere, it's only a dream until it's written down. Then you turn that dream into a goal. And you can do things that you ne never dreamed about. Many years ago, when the earth was still cooling and there was dinosaurs, this was way before cell phones. Back then. Like some of you are going, oh, there was a world like that? No. My brother got married. And I was living with, Deb and I lived in Hawaii. And so we went back for the wedding. I was the best man. I stayed at my mom's house and my mom goes, hey, you haven't been here in a while. Make sure you look at the map. And she handed me the map. I said, look at this map. I don't want to get lost. I said, sure, mom. I know what I'm doing. We were 45 minutes late. And all my life, I never heard my mom cuss, ever, until that day. She was furious with me. And she said, why didn't you look at the map? Goals are the roadmap of your life. When you understand the power of setting goals and that you follow through, you'll be able to say no to some things and yes to the other things because you know where you're headed. And here's the, here's the, here's the thing I really want to talk to you about. All those goals have financial implications. And here's the one I think I want to leave you with, especially in the times we're living right now of financial ins ins insecurity and unbelievable times that we're all going through. You need to have a budget, to steward God's resource as well. You must have a vision, a uh, budget. If you don't tell your money where to go, it'll go wherever it wants. Hearing me. Many things we've done and we've gotten ourselves, if you, under, if you take a good look at a budget and understand it and stick to it, you can accomplish way more and God will use you way more than you ever imagined when you understand where your money's going. You're putting it where you know it should go instead of just blowing it off. Like going to Amazon Prime. I'll take those. And I'll take those. And then all of a sudden the bill comes due. I know, babe. I'm trying to get better. Are you hearing me? A budget's so important. And when you do a budget, make sure you understand God has to be in this budget. Hear me. I'm not, this is not a tithing message, but I want you to know God has to be first in that budget. God's, the very first line in that budget has to be, Lord, I'm honoring you. And you're not giving God money. You're returning what he asked for. Amen. And the second line in that budget has to be you. You have to give yourself. You have to get a rainy day fund, and you have to be setting some money aside for your future. You have to. And then you have to live within the rest. Are you hearing me? There's many things that we've got for you. Many resources on our, on our app. My son, who's somehow 
like got it from my wife, very good with finances, is going to start a connect group in April, April 6th. It's on our app. Sign up. He can help you big time. We have other people in the church. If you're in debt and you want to get out of debt, we will help you. There's a girl in our church, Jennifer, has a, she's in my connect group. We just found out she has a podcast, Budget Divas. Check that out. There's plenty of resources out there. But the two things I want to leave you today, to be good stewards of God's resources, you need to be intentional about it. Like, understand where your money's going. And include God in it. Because God says, I want to open the windows of heaven. It's tied to your ability to steward his resources. Good. Are you hearing me? I'm going to stop right there if you don't mind. I hope that was good for you. I hope you... Listen, hear me. If you, I, back in the day, in fact, Trevor, wherever he's at, he, I was talking to Trevor, uh, Pastor Trevor, and I was talking about the message. He goes, you are Mr. Goals. How many times did you teach the goal class? More than I can count. I used to teach this class all the time because I know the power of setting goals and I know the power of having a budget and sticking to it. Okay, Lord, I come before you right now, humbly say, Lord, that we're honored to be your children. Honored beyond words. And Lord, our desire is actually to be good stewards of your resources, Lord. And I pray for this church. Lord, in, in Isaiah, let me find it. In Isaiah, it says this. In Isaiah 61, this is I'm going to pray this over you. Instead of shame and disorder and dishonor, Lord, I'm praying that you'll give them a double portion of honor that you'll give them a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy forever. I pray that over you, that the Lord, that the windows of heaven would open up, that you would trust God and that you would see something so incredible with God, with being faithful to God, that you would use your resources to further the kingdom of God. Many people, Lord, need need your blessing in their life right now in Jesus' name. And also I want to pray for anybody in this room this Jesus that we've been talking about, the Jesus that we've been reading about, his words. If you've never come to know him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. This is the biggest decision and the best decision you'll ever make because God's going to come in in a powerful way in your life and change things. Maybe your things are out of order in your life and you wonder, how can I get them back in order? Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. So if that's you and you'd like to pray with me, of course, around here, this is how we do it at Anchor because I want to know who I'm praying with because I want you to have the boldness to say, God, I want you in. And if that's you, just raise your hand right now, either in this room, online, or in the courtyard. Just raise your hand, and I'm going to pray for you right now. So go ahead, raise your hand. I see you. Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, pray with me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me for doing my thing my way without you. Lord, this very moment, I'm asking you to come into my life. Reveal yourself to me, Lord, in a powerful way, Lord. And I pray that you'd send your Holy Spirit and bless them and keep them. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen, amen. Okay, let me pray uh, for the offering. It's an important part of the service. So it's, it's, it's obedience to God. It's also saying, we're talking about leveling up. We're also saying, Lord, I trust you. I have confidence in you. So Lord, 
we bring our tithes and offerings to you as a sign of worship and adoration and thanksgiving, Lord. I pray that you would take this offering and multiply it so that we can make you famous everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing. If you need prayer of any kind, if you're here and you, man, something's really heavy on your heart and you need prayer, do not leave this room without our prayer team, our amazing prayer team to pray over you. Prayer is the most important thing that we can do for each other. The most important thing. Allow us to allow the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to do something powerful. Come up. Just come forward. When everybody's going out, just come forward and we'll pray for you.